cuts it back. 40, 45, 50. He's off to the races. Down the left sideline. To the 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Aaron Jones. Oh, what a play. This is the Quick Slants Podcast. Game on Wisconsin is brought to you by Artec Ventures. The goal at Artec Ventures is to collaborate closely with founders throughout all the investment and fundraising stages, turning their visions into successful companies. Since 2020, Artec Ventures has helped turn great ideas into profitable businesses that make an impact on industries, communities, and beyond. Visit ArtecVentures.com for more info. What is up, Packers fans? Welcome back to the Quick Science Podcast at Game on Wisconsin. I'm your host, Jason Perrone. You can find me on Twitter at Jason Perrone. As always, tweet me questions, comments, thoughts, agreements, disagreements. You know the drill by now. It is Thursday, and we're on our way to the weekend, which means we're on our way to another Green Bay Packers football game in which the Packers will return home to Lambeau Field to host the Seattle Seahawks after a tough loss on Sunday to the Kansas City Chiefs, a game in which Aaron Rodgers did not play. Jordan Love got his first NFL start, his first welcome to the NFL Sun moment, and the Packers fell short in their quest to get a big road victory against the Chiefs. But on the Packers move, and Aaron Rodgers does have a chance to play this weekend. We'll talk about him in a minute. But some bigger news here on Wednesday, the long-awaited return of one of the stalwarts, the Green Bay Packers. All-pro left tackle David Bakhtiari was activated and was at practice on Wednesday for the first time since New Year's Eve 2020. And David Bakhtiari seemingly will be playing this Sunday, which means the Packers offensive line is going to get a huge boost. Now, center Josh Myers recently had a surgery, so he's going to be out for a while, and Lucas Patrick will stay at center. And I think that the continuity at center is very important as everybody talks about what's going to happen with the Packers and how they're going to move guys around with Bakhtiari coming back. Because this is a very good problem to have. Elton Jenkins has been trying to hold it down at left tackle while Bakhtiari's been out. And now Jenkins is free to move back to his natural position of left guard. He's played center before. What do you do? Well, Lucas Patrick has played center. And like I said, that continuity I think is really important. And so the theories that Jenkins should go to center... Uh, I don't know that that that's the best idea because then he's got to move again. Then you have a hole at both guard spots. And Royce Newman has not played well consistently. Lucas Patrick would have to move to guard if if Elton Jenkins is center. And Lucas Patrick has been playing well at center. So why would you do that and move him as well? I think it's too many moving parts. So you put Jenkins back at left guard. You keep Lucas Patrick at center where he's been good. And then it would seem that you... Maybe consider moving John Runyon Jr. from left guard to right guard to replace Royce Newman. As as I said, Newman has struggled. He's been okay, but he's young and he's a rookie and he's he's got to learn. And so I think as you, you get a chance to bring him along a little bit more slowly and he's got some reps in there. So if he has to come back in, he's battle tested. He's played before. And now we'll get a chance to see if the theory about David Bakhtiari, who's not old, but I mean, you know, he's played several years in the league, but he's going to have fresh legs going into November. And how often can you say that about your all-pro left tackle? Usually by now, they've got a half a season's worth of wear and tear on them, but fresh legs for Bakhtiari. Will that hold up? Because if it does, the Packers are in really great shape. They get a huge boost. 
The left side of the offensive line is very fortified. And then you hope, like I said, you hope Runyon can hold it down better than Newman was doing on the right-hand side. Billy Turner's been fantastic at right tackle. And the Packers' offensive line is cooking with gas. They lost all-pro center Corey Lindsley, and they haven't really lost a beat. Josh Myers went out, hasn't played all season long. He was supposed to be the preferred starter at center, and the Packers have just gotten it done. Don't forget about Yash Nyman earlier in the season. He stepped in and did a really good job at left tackle, an undrafted free agent who had really no playing time and no experience. So the Packers are getting great production, and they're going to get a huge boost, and it's about time. This team has been hit with injuries all season long, and they have had depth after depth after depth step up. And I've said several times, this team from one roster spot, one to 53, are absolutely deep. They can get it done. They've got a roster that can hoist a trophy at the end of this season. Whether they will or not, it's a different story, but they've got the guys that can do it. They get an all-pro back. David Bakhtiari comes back, and now we turn our attention as far as players who may return and help this team and get back on the field to guys like Zadarius Smith and Jair Alexander. And hopefully we have some good news on those guys. Zadarius Smith is back in Green Bay. It would seem like he's getting closer to a return. And Jair Alexander has not been put on, uh, has not been declared out for the season, nor has he had surgery yet. So it would seem like there's a chance that Jair is going to get a going to get an opportunity to come back and play. And then the Packers are going to be really good because their defense has been fantastic. So, David Bakhtiari is back. Offensive line is looking good. And who are they going to be protecting on Sunday? As I mentioned, Jordan Love with his struggles did not play great against the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not going to go into that any further. That's been analyzed, film studied, everything. And I talked about it with my good friend and Game on Wisconsin Founder, CEO, leader, Jacob Westendorf this past Sunday talked about Jordan Love and my thoughts there. Uh, Jordan Love could potentially start his second game if Aaron Rodgers is unable to go. But Aaron Rodgers has a good chance to play this weekend. And and it seems like Matt LaFleur after the game seemed to state that if Rodgers was available, he was going to play on Sunday. Now, an interesting point was made on Wednesday's Locked on Packers podcast with Peter Bukowski as Lily Zhao on for the Zhao You Doing series. And she opined and made a very good point about Rodgers conditioning. It's one thing for him not to be COVID positive, and he does not have to test negative since he has already been deemed positive for COVID after he waits out the 10 days. The league sees him and he goes into this category where he's essentially treated similarly to, he's obviously not vaccinated, but he's treated similarly to that group of players where his chances of spreading and getting COVID again are so low that the protocols are now a little bit loosened and different. But will his conditioning be there? Is he going to be able to play a 60-minute game? COVID is one of those viruses where if you have symptoms and even if you don't have symptoms, it's a virus. And one of the things viruses do is It affects our breathing, our lungs, our capacity to exert. So how will Aaron Rodgers hold up there? That's a good point. I don't know what kind of testing the Packers might do this week to get Rodgers prepared, but I can guarantee you the Packers are going to do everything they can. They're going to give Aaron Rodgers every chance, unless he absolutely just looks like dog doo-doo. Aaron Rodgers is going to be out there starting for the Green Bay Packers, and I hope he does. I hope he does because he's a quarterback of the team that I love and it's the best chance for the team to win. And that's as a fan, that's what I want. If you take all the all the drama and take it and toss it aside, and for good measure, let me just say this. 
I, I don't want to see the Packers lose any games. I definitely don't want them to lose an NFC game. They've got to get some ground back. They lost their top, top spot in the NFC to Arizona. The Cardinals beat the Niners, and by virtue of Green Bay's loss to Kansas City, Arizona's back in the number one spot for the one seed in the NFC. So the Packers have some ground to make up, and they cannot afford to lose to a Seattle Seahawks team that's coming in that is has not been great this season, but could certainly have something to say. And... They certainly cannot lose after Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson releases the world's corniest. I mean, okay, I thought that that lame ass Mr. Unlimited video that he did last year was the worst, like the epitome of just dumb, stupid, as far as it, it was just dumb. And I get that he's at home and hanging out with his kids, and that's not the part that I'm bagging on. I, I'm a father. I can appreciate spending time with your kids and doing something fun like that for them and, and being goofy for your kids. I get that. I have a, I, you know, I, I, I guess I have to admit here, I have a little bit of a, of kind of a, a preconceived notion. I think that Russell Wilson is honestly, I think he's the corniest athlete in all of professional sports. And this comeback video, he, he releases a comeback video this past week that makes it sound like he's been out for two years with this life-threatening injury or situation, and he's finally going to make his triumphant return. This guy hurt his finger and missed three weeks. And he's coming back, and he releases this video and makes it makes it sound like it's it's the return of... I, 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 don't, I, I don't know. I didn't put any good notes down. I could have put up something there. It's like, dude, come on. I, he just... Corny's professional athlete in all of professional sports. And every time he leaves Lambeau Field with his ass in his hands, which has been every single time, because the Seahawks have not won a game at Lambeau Field, our Lombardi's bar crew, with a great little tidbit. They haven't, the Seattle Seahawks haven't won at Lambeau Field since they joined the NFC. And that was over 20 years ago. I think the last time Seattle won at Lambeau was in 1999 when Mike Holmgren was, was in his first season coaching the Seahawks after he left the Packers. And they were in the AFC on a Monday night football. I remember that game. It was awful. I think it was the first game John Kitna ever played. Brett Favre obviously didn't play very well. Holmgren had something to prove. He did it. I think that's the last time Seattle won at Green Bay. So I hope Aaron Rodgers starts and just pummels the hell out of the Seahawks defense and the Packers just get, get a big one. Bounce back in a big way. Get that that ugly taste of the sloppy, ugly game that was in Kansas City out of their mouth. I revel in every second of Russell Wilson walking out of Lambeau Field a loser. And I hope that that happens this, this weekend. So obviously more to be said about Aaron Rodgers. And again, as always... Record this on Wednesday night, so by the time you're listening to this show, we may have more clarity on Aaron Rodgers' status for Sunday, in addition to some of the other news around the NFL and with regards to the Green Bay Packers. Speaking of which, why not transition there? We all know what I'm talking about, and that is the the watch. It seems like every week there's another player being released in the middle of a season. I don't know if we've ever had as many star and big-name players released in season as we have this year. It just seems like every single week there's Somebody is getting released, and every single week there's a connection to the Green Bay Packers. The Packers have already made a couple moves. They brought in Whitney Merciless. They brought in Jalen Smith. Now Jalen Smith's been cut since. That did not work out. Now you've got Odell Beckham Jr., who was released by the Cleveland Browns. He cleared waivers earlier this week, and he has yet to decide which team he is going to sign with. The Green Bay Packers were reportedly his top landing spot. Tom Silverstein reported on Wednesday that the Packers did make him an offer. It was a veteran minimum. We'll see what OBJ says. So um, as many 
um, podcasts have said, like I said, he cleared waivers. By the time you're listening to this, OBJ may already be signed somewhere. He might be a Green Bay Packer, maybe somewhere else. Um, and then what's with the delay? You know, why haven't we found out where he's going to sign? We may find out that the delay in him signing or announcing his signing was legitimate because he and his agent were le- legitimately working out terms of a contract. They were trying to work out uh, terms and deal and whatever it be. And I mean, it's prorated. They're in season right now. So if it's if it's for this year, like, dude, just get it done. Go be somewhere. Um, and so that's that may be legitimate as to why he hasn't signed. Or we might learn that this was a ploy. All along, he knew where he was going to play. And maybe he didn't intend to play this week. And it would seem like he's not going to play this week because wherever he signs, he's not going to get there in time to practice a full week. I'll just say this. The Packers in 2014 managed somehow to hide Julius Peppers. Six foot nine Julius Peppers until he was on the field at Lambeau walking around and being introduced as a, as a new Green Bay Packers signee before it was announced and got out there. So they can probably find a way to conceal OBJ if if they really want to, although he is, you know, he does love to get loud wherever he goes. So I think that's probably going to be a little bit of a challenge. Social media, all that other kind of stuff right now. I don't know that I don't know that Green Bay would be able to keep a lid on that, especially as many ears and eyes are on the situation and reporting it as far as what it is. So We'll see. And as with most free agents of a bigger ilk, a lot of comments, a lot of opinions on OBJ. As soon as it became obvious that the Browns were going to release him, then it was, you know, the Packers got to claim him on waivers. If they want him, they got to get him. There was that. Then there was, you know, don't sign him. Don't sign him. He's a problem. Uh, Or do sign him. They have to get it done. They're all in. If they don't, they're not trying. The idea that he's a locker room issue a me guy, not a Packers type of player. I've heard all those things. The Packers have already vetted this. They've already decided all those things. They've already figured out whether he is or isn't. They know how they feel about the man, the player, and how they would manage him on a team that has so much in front of it. This isn't a team that's in flux and looking for a boost. This is a team that's already championship caliber. They can get it done without Odell Beckham Jr., Adding a player like Odell Beckham Jr., if they can get out of him what you would hope that you get out of a player like that, is a massive, massive jump. Boost. I've said several times I've used the word boost. Right? So the Packers already know what they're going to do and how they'd manage it if they're going to do it. If you're not sold on the idea of OBJ coming to Green Bay, and I was not, and I'm still not sure I am, consider that Brian Gutekunst, he's not going to risk his job and reputation on throwing caution to the wind without having a plan and understanding what it is that is coming in OBJ. And what do you do if he starts kicking around the kicking net and and going all petulant and acting and doing some of the things that he did in New York and in Cleveland? What do you do? The Packers have already have that answer because if they don't, I think Brian Goody knows his, his you know his job is potentially going to be in jeopardy. Because you're going to start losing your stars, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, others, because it blew up in their face. They didn't win a Super Bowl in 2021. They could have, but they didn't. Things went sideways, and Goody's standing there looking around, and no one is there. And all of a sudden, Mark he's he doesn't have his job. 
anymore. Now, that's obviously very far-fetched, and that's hyperbole in a way. Brian Gutekunst has done a lot of really good things. I don't know that that single-handedly would, would ruin him, but it would definitely not help him. It would not make him look good at all. And if it was the if it's a bad version of OBJ and he comes in and it it causes the Packers to lose some games or you know they they go backwards in some way shape or form, that's going to reflect on on Goody and Russ Ball, who bring talent in. Like Mark Murphy said during the summer when Aaron Rodgers wasn't in the building, we're not stupid. The Packers aren't. They're not. Regardless of how you feel about the leadership and the ownership group, I guess ownership the the CEO the president Mark Murphy. They're not dummies. The Packers will bring them in if they're hell-bent on it. If they want to get it done, they're going to get it done. They'll find a way. They offered them the vet minimum. It doesn't mean they can't increase the money. Or they might have drawn a line in the sand and said, hey, this is what we can do. If you want to be here, this is what you got to do. If you don't want to be here and it doesn't work, good luck. Go play somewhere else. So we'll see what happens money-wise. Right? Uh, I said I wasn't sold on OBJ coming. I'm not not 100% sure. I mean, look, any player that comes to the Packers and and puts on the jersey, I'm going to support them because they're a Green Bay Packer. Whether you like the player, the personality or not, whether I like OBJ or not, if the Packers sign him, I trust in Green Bay. I trust in the coaching staff and I trust in the front office that they know what they're doing and I'm going to support him as a Green Bay Packer. I didn't really see receiver as a need, but the thing is, is that that you've what is the market bear? It's like any other market out there. If the goods and services are not available, you can't buy them. So the Packers needed a tight end, but there wasn't there wasn't a market. You know, if there's if there's a supply of a good product out there, even if you don't need it, if the value is really good, if it's too good to be true, then you don't pass it up. You know, if there had been a really good tight end after they lost Robert Tunyon. The Packers would have made a huge push for it. They would have gotten a guy. There wasn't. That wasn't the case. But hey, here's a different type of pass catcher out there. And there's a supply of something the Packers could potentially take advantage of and grab. And I guess a comparison I'll make, and and some of you financial gurus and wizards out there will probably come at me for this because it's not a, a, a lock solid example. But just humor me for a minute. If Google stock suddenly split or was suddenly available at $100 a share. And let's let's assume not because the market plunged or the company fell apart or something bad happened that dropped it down to 100 bucks a share. Because obviously if that happens, something is really wrong out there. So for argument's sake, if Google's 100 bucks a share, but your portfolio is maxed out on stock allocation, are you really going to sit there and say, nah, you know, I'm good where I'm at. You know, I would, but I'm okay. I've got enough stock. No. You're going to buy the hell out of it because it's going to provide a good return. It may not have fit in with your plan, but it became an option and maybe it needs to become part of your plan, right? Now, it's guaranteed Odell Beckham Jr. would provide good or great returns for the, or, you know, for the Packers. It, we don't know. We don't know if, it's, if, that's, if that's true. It's obviously not a guarantee. Now, the two situations are not alike, but... OBJ didn't do a damn thing in Cleveland. And they have a good, not great, but a good quarterback in Baker Mayfield who he, uh, who OBJ reportedly did not get along well with at all. Or at the very least, they had no chemistry on the field. None. It was embarrassing. It was it, They were not good together at all. So either that marriage was doomed from the beginning 
or somebody screwed something up. So the question is, is Aaron Rodgers at quarterback enough to get more out of him and get out of him what the what the Browns had hoped to get out of him, out of a receiver who has not starred in the NFL since 2016. It's been five seasons since OBJ was a top receiver in the league. In the last four years, he's he's played 16 games only one time. So durability, availability is, is a question. He's a fiery player. We know this. I talked about the kicking net. We know about all the antics and all the stuff on the field. You know, he's been in the middle of controversial moments. OBJ's at midfield handing out cash to LSU players, his alma mater, after they won the national championship in 2019. They beat Clemson. You had the party boat situation when he was with the Giants before they faced the Packers in the 2016 playoffs. He goes off to Miami on an off day with some teammates. They take a picture on a boat. They all look like a bunch of R&B singers. In fact, they were with R&B singer Trey Songs at the time. And then they get their asses handed to them by the Packers, and they're done. Their season's over. And the party boat stories and and all of that stuff is out there, and, and he's got an answer to it. Beckham Jr., he is far from perfect. The question is, does he fit? Well, that depends on your offensive designer and play caller. And like I said, I trust Brian Gutekunst. I trust Matt LaFleur. It would seem that Matt LaFleur would be tasked with finding a role for OBJ. The question is, do you trust him to do it? I do. For a coach that's in the conversation for coach of the year, yeah, I do. It's an unequivocal yes. Matt LaFleur has proven time and time again that what he does works more than it doesn't. He's already among a very small group of head coaches who've had the kind of success that he has so far in his, in his young coaching career. You gotta, you gotta give the nod to Matt LaFleur. The trend says he would use this new tool if it indeed becomes another thing, another asset that the Packers have on their roster, I think Matt LaFleur would use that very well. So we'll see if we get any more clarity on OBJ before Sunday's game. Again, like I said, if he's going to play, it's not going to be this weekend. It just doesn't seem like he's going to have enough time to integrate and practice and get active and take a physical and all the other stuff he probably has to do to make a signing official and be added to the roster. So more to come on that whole thing right there. So that's going to that's gonna kind of do it. I, I usually preview the game that's ahead. As far as the Packers and the Seahawks go, there's going to be some more game preview going on. The injury reports, the final injury report will come out uh, tomorrow. And we'll know who's going to be available for the Packers, or we'll at least know who's questionable, who's definitely out. Got to keep an eye on some guys. Kingsley Kiki recovering from a concussion. Some other guys, Dennis Kelly's been out for a couple weeks now. Uh, is anybody else, you know, Kenny Clark, is Kenny Clark going to be able to come back and play some of those things that the Packers are going to have to try and figure out as they get ready to take on the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle's not a bad team this year. They're they're not great, and they've got some, some talent. Obviously, wide receiver, you've got Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. That can cause a lot of problems. I think the Packers' defense is up to the task. They've proven week in and week out. After facing several really talented offenses, they just faced one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Not playing like it this year, but Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes. So you've got the receivers in Seattle. Russell Wilson can still move around. He's mobile. Are the Packers up to the task? Again, I think they are. And I think the Packers will find a way to get it done. I'm going to assume Aaron Rodgers is going to play. And I think the Packers get back on track 
and get one against the Minnesota Vikings and get back on track as they start to grind towards the middle to second half of the season and the quest for top seeding in the NFC. Don't have a score for you. Doesn't really matter because the score doesn't matter. Packers are going to win this game, and that's all I have to say about that. Everybody get over to Game On Wisconsin. Check out all the great content over there. Check out all of our live shows. If you didn't catch it at the Marquez Valdez Scantling Show, the Freezer Podcast, Open Book, Lombardi's Bar, all of our podcasts, all of our other live shows. Get over there and check all of those out over Game On Wisconsin. Great work by everybody over there. Hope everybody enjoys the rest of your week and gets a chance to watch the Packers get back on track on Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks at Lambeau Field. Everybody have a great rest of the week and weekend. Stay safe and go Pack Go. Rodgers fakes the handoff. Quick throw right side. There's Devontae from right to left. Cutting left to the 50, to the 45, 40. Track down from behind. 